This is the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller, Episode 2. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller, where our heart is to develop leaders like you, help you increase your individual influence and your leadership skill set. I'm your host, Brett Duncan. I'm joined today by Tanya Austin. Hi there. And of course, we are joined today by President and CEO of Influence Leadership, Mr. Chris Fuller. Hey, guys. Chris, thanks for joining us here yet again. I'm glad to be in. Well, this is the Influence Leadership Podcast, so it made sense for us to talk about influence and its role in leadership. What do you think? (laughs) Sounds like a good plan. Okay. Well, let's go there. Uh, You know, it's a statement. It's certainly, uh, it's been said almost, I don't want to say it's a cliche because I don't think of it that way, but I have heard that statement, leadership is influence so much, gratefully, um, that almost I don't even think about it. It's like, yeah, that's a foregone conclusion. But when I stop and think about it, there's so much there to unpack, and that's really obviously what you base a lot of your work on. So Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. Start with, how does that work? How is it that leadership is influence? Well, most people think that they, they, um, they're a leader if they get promoted and they have a title on the business card. Mm-hmm. And that's where the, they bank on is that their title is going to get them compliance by their people. Now... Leadership is only a word that's really been around since the 90s. I mean, before then, it was management, and a lot of management came from Peter Drucker and the Druckerisms about making the right moves, etc. But even Drucker said a, a great leader or a, or a manager is somebody who has followers. So now we're tied into followership, and followership and influence are deeply connected. So as we get into you know influence and leadership, the question I have for leaders many times is, what mechanism are you counting on for your influence? So if you're counting on your title, you're a pretty weak leader. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty sorry excuse for influence. And so the number of words, the descriptors for leadership is varied, right? So even Harvard throws out leadership as persuasion or charisma or influence or, you know, they, all these nebulous terms. And, and for us, leadership and influence are inexplicably tied in the sense that where do you get your influence? Mm. Do you have your people's want to? Now, as a person, the reason I don't necessarily tie positional leadership into influence as well as that much is um, I believe that there are leaders listening to this podcast today that are leaders, they believe in themselves, they want to be a leader, but they don't have a title yet. And you don't need a title to lead. You are a leader if you have influence. And so uh, we'll get into this from the, from the book probably at some other point. Even in Iditarod leadership, that second set of dogs back are the influencers in the team. Mm-hmm. The, the position within there, do you have influence and how do you have influence within your organization? So. This isn't a personality trait. Influence is not, are you Tony Robbins or Ben Stein? That's not what we're, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the ability to persuade people or to influence people or to have them listen. So some of that can be, you can, you can have influence and leadership if you're the, the greatest subject matter expertise on the team. You can have influence if you are a great analyst or researcher that people go to you for your 
subject matter expertise. So I don't want people to gain this misperception that influence leadership is charisma, persuasion, and, and a personality. It's more so what do you base your leverage on? What do you base your influence on? And that can be everything from being an amazing tactician to being someone who may be able to stand up at the on the stage in the middle of a board of directors and or a uh, you know an audience of a thousand, two thousand, ten thousand people in your company wide meeting and be able to to be the stabulous orator. We're not talking about your um, your ability to speak. We're talking about your ability to influence, and that may be the cubicle next to you, or it may be the board of directors. So, how do you differentiate between? Um, people listening to you, you know, thinking about how you're speaking, people are listening to you or even want to listen to you and actual influence. Yeah. Well, so, you know, what I hope to, to do with this podcast and what we hope to do as a company is really to, number one, embolden you to start leading. Uh, in other words, I want to empower your voice, right? So how do, I, how do I let you understand that you can lead today from somewhere? Where is that? So it is that that you are just consistent in your performance. You know, every day, if you perform your job every day, your influence with the boss may be, talk about influence leadership, how many of us need to lead our bosses, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so when we look at that particular piece, we're looking at that influence consistency being one metric, one psychometric, if you will, of influence. So consistency, attitude can be another one. Um, you know, knowledge, there's just so many different things that you can influence from. I would say the first thing I hope listeners do is to look at themselves and take an inventory of some of the best that they are and understand that they can lead from wherever they are good now. They can lead out of that influence. Yeah. You know, I found myself, uh, and, and Tanya, I want you to weigh in here too and ask you both the same question. So, what is the difference between attention? And influence. So I, I have someone's attention mm-hmm. versus I actually have influence over them. Interesting question. Yeah, I think I think I can get somebody's attention just by saying something ridiculous. Right. Right. I never do that, but it sounds. <laughs> it seems to make sense. Yeah. Um, you, you know, it's it's a I can be a conversation starter, right? Mm-hmm. And and back in the day when we talk about Hollywood and everybody on you know uh, when when they were famous, they almost said there's no such thing as bad publicity, right? Right. right. So that's attention. But the question is, can I influence? Can I gain followership? Right. Yeah. So we're 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 probably overplayed in today's society by celebrityism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that that to a degree, uh, isn't there a period of time, Tanya, in the leadership space where we were looking for those quote unquote leadership celebrities? Oh yeah, of course. The the exactly. Lee Iacocas, yeah. the the Jack Welches, Jack Welch, right. all those absolutely out there in corporate America. Yeah, so we were we were we had this almost this you know um, the, this fetish, if you will, with celebrity leadership. Mm-hmm. But but I'm more so in the block and tackle of the everyday. Mm-hmm. You you have an idea. That idea needs to be effervesced in the organization. And if you could just get somebody to listen to you, mm-hmm. then you could promote that idea. And some of that is building on your own personal influence. And some of that, Tanya's great at this, maximizing preparedness so that when you start to present that idea, 
that you're worth listening to instead of getting to that point where the the uh, uh, you have the forum, you have the stage, you've got the mic, but then you freeze or you lock up. Yeah. I think too, when you asked that question, I got this vision of the classroom back of being in school. And there's those teachers that you think that you were just so inspired and, and influenced by them that you wanted to go out and do well because they got you excited and they got you um, inspired to go out and be better, do better, learn more, want more. And then there's those other teachers who definitely got your attention. You knew you weren't gonna get away with anything in their class. You had to toe the line. Um, and so in some ways they still got results, but there was nothing about them that inspired you to do differently and to want to do more and to want to change or to want to grow but they definitely had your attention, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Not that influence can't ever be negative, because sometimes you can follow oh, a yeah. wrong leader. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, I think that's kind of what it made me think of. Yeah. It's that you know, influence to me, in some ways, equals inspiration. Mm. You know, in that leadership influence, I'm inspired by people who see and believe the most in me. So if I say, man, I, you know what, that same teacher back then, maybe it was the one that, that uh, actually said hi to me and helped me realize that I exist. And so one of the first things that we try to work on within leaders, people actually with titles now, I'm not talking about you know, just right. ev uh, everybody being that leader, but we, we talk about leaders, titled leaders, being ones that walk through the cubicles, walk through the halls, walk through the office. And, and as you start to believe and connect with the people, then you start to build your influence. And, and we really do try to treat it much like a, a bank account. You know, it's like I've got to build influence with people. So I've got to put money in the bank, so to speak, so that at a time when we may need to withdraw some of that, that that person is there willing and ready um, to, um, to be a part, to be a major contributor in that. So for the individual, it's about skill set, competency, owning what you are and being that voice. For the leader, I would say it's about connectedness to people, much as Tanya's example was mm -hmm. about that teacher um, that she's thinking of that unlocked the genius in her and the other teachers that were just, you know, they're either bored stiff or they've mm -hmm. stayed too long or, you know, you know, it's just we've all known people that, that are like that, that they don't inspire us to anything. Mm -hmm. So right in the midst of that, that influence also, I think a major component, like Tanya said, mm -hmm. is can you inspire others? And I, I'm telling you, I can be inspired by some great mathematicians or some great <laughs> artists or some great. And so when you think about, you know, that that uh, um, that piece, you know, um, there's there's uh, drummers, guitarists and, and musicians or a piece of art that you're so inspired by their individual talent mm -hmm. that people will follow them because of that talent. So and initially, I want to make sure that people know a number of things around influence leadership. Number one, it's not based on position. Um, but if you have a position, there are mechanisms that you can do to connect deeply with people to, to uh, broaden or deepen your influence with them, your pull power, I would say. Um, and then as far as the individual contributors, you know what, if you're amazing at your skill, if you're fantastic at your skill, 
people will pay money to sit at your feet to just watch you do what you do. Yeah. I think taking that a step further too, what you're talking about from influence, there's there's a couple of different kinds. One is an overall influence, someone that you just that people admire, they watch that it you know, and then there's the other kind of leader or teacher who who notices individually the things that you're good at and reinforces that because everybody doesn't have the same talent and the same skill. So that leader, it's so inspiring and influential when they notice that thing that, that you're contributing beyond someone else or beyond the expectation and they reinforce it by letting you know, by telling you what a great job that you're doing in that particular area and making you not only aware of your strengths because sometimes, let's face it, we're not really aware if no right. one tells us. Right. And um, reinforcing it in a way that is very influential. Mm -hmm. So yeah. when we talk about that for business, um, right. as we get into that, we're really looking for a couple of things. Number one, can you can you influence the direction of others, um, and do you have an impact on results? So many times organizations are looking for results. Um, that's why we stay in business, right? We've actually made a profit. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, so from a business standpoint, we're looking for individual contributors that make a difference. And we're looking for leaders that make a difference where the sum of the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Mm -hmm. So from a leadership perspective, can you create that synergistic approach that is um, uh, far beyond maybe other of your peers for those individual contributors? Man, we need your genius. We need you to step up and give your best to the organization uh, because that's the only way the organization will be what it's meant to be is if you actually own your influence. Mm, that's good. So there is, I mean, influence, It's especially hearing you talk about it, there's this implication, obviously, there's some type of action or there's some type of response or there's some type of result, right, that it's leading to. I mean, which that's why I was kind of going back and forth on attention, which can be... Ah, I got your attention, yep. and now it's gone, right? The right. guy that clapped, I'm no longer in, interested in him. It had no real influence over your life other sure. than jerking your neck around and looking <laughs> at it, right? Um, so here's the flip side, another question. Okay. So now if I really put on my blinders and think in terms of results, what's the difference in influence and manipulation? Um, uh, not much. About a hair's distance. Okay. Interesting answer. Um, and if but I, one sounds so good and the other one sounds so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if I get you to do what needs to get done for the sake of results, then I, the only difference is, um, A, how do you feel about that? Uh. And B, am I looking for a mutual benefit or am I simply trying to extract value from you so I say what I need to say from an ingen uh, from a disingenuous standpoint, so that you will do dot dot dot. Well, whatever that is, and how you ultimately would feel about it if you knew the entirety of it, um, I think that's the that's the hair splitting. But from a mechanism standpoint, we're still putting belief in people. We're still um, maximizing their output, and again, influence. I would say is much more of an authentic place. Whereas manipulation is much more of a one-sided benefit place. Mm. So what steps does a leader need to take to really make sure they're on the right side of that, that gray line? I mean, to make sure that, uh, you know, it's healthy influence. Sure. Well, I mean, I think, I think um, the first step is just to kind of check your heart, right? Yeah. 
um, and, and how do I see my people? Are my people here to serve me or am I here to have the ownership or the responsibility? You know, I've, I've got kind of a hundred point checklist when we're doing consulting about what leaders are, what leaders do. Mm. So one of the first things that I'm, I'm asking is from that leadership space, um, are you willing to own the results or be responsible for a team? Well, that's a mechanism of leadership. That's a, uh, a secondary definition of leadership, somebody who's owning the responsibility of the results. So when I look into that, if I'm owning the responsibility and the results, if you're on my team, do you feel like a significant contributor and us as a collective, we are a team, or do you feel like you're a minion that is having value extracted from them so that we can hit our numbers at which time the C-suite will earn um, 900 times what the average employee earns, which is one of the um, articles that was out recently mm -hmm. is the amount of money CEOs earn in relation to the employee base. Right. So I think that uh, I think that um, I'm not I'm not sitting here advocating that C-suites aren't paid what they're worth. Believe me, the stress and everything that we go under um, to be a part of that, I think that uh, uh, that that deserves a level of compensation. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is more so from from everybody's standpoint, when we want to own it, we want to lead it, um, we don't manipulate people, we open it up, we believe that people want to give their best to the work. The question is, am I as a leader, my focal point, am I as a leader, unlocking that, unleashing that want to within my team, or am I just trying to drive their compliance to, to make them deliver the results? Mm -hmm. That was good, that's a great way to explain it. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about leadership and management. People yeah. still get those things confused. Sure. What's the difference? Oh, you know, one of the ways that uh, that I know every leader has trigger words and hot buttons. Uh, management and leadership is one of those hot buttons for me. Yeah. Uh, because I, I hear these people that are supposedly, you know, leadership experts talking about management bad, leadership good, and I really want to have a hand-to-hand -hand conversation with them about, <laughs> about the fact that we need both. Um, you know, don't tell me management bad, leadership good. Management is about making sure that we deliver the results, that we're, that we're doing the dailies, right? That, we're, that we're, we're making significant progress step by step to get to the end result. So those managers, when it comes to kicking out those widgets or to, to managing operational performance, man, we need those folks. And they serve a great job of delineating and delegating and process and project management and all that stuff. But, but there is a part of the leadership um, where we need those leaders to step into um, inspiration, to vision, to strategy. to So the leadership skills are different than the management skills. And, and I can tell you there is one differentiator that I, that I say over and over again, and that's this. Lead people, manage things. Yeah. Manage oh, the process. I love that. I love that you say that because it's just so true. No one wakes up in the morning, like you said, that says, gosh, I hope I get managed today. Mm -hmm. I mean, in fact, that's what people dread more than anything is right. that being managed today. But people want to be in led. That's inspiring. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves and feel a part of it. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I do joke with that all the time. And, and it's kind of funny. Um, you know, even even us in this room, if I said, hey, 
Welcome to my team. I'm going to manage you. Mm. Yeah. Great. Yeah. You say it internally or externally. Right. Is that what you're thinking? Oh, good Lord. What, what, do we, what have I got myself into, right? So, um, you know. Sign I think, me up, right? Yeah. Just Everybody just do an experiment. Just roll over tomorrow morning. Look at that significant other and go, oh, honey, would you just manage me more? <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I can feel, I just said it and the hair on the back of my neck is standing <laughs> yeah. straight up. Yeah. So we don't want to be managed as, as uh, humans. I, I think if you want to immediately garner resistive behavior in your team, just kick up the management quotient. Mm. But otherwise, you lead people, you influence people, you equip and inspire and empower people. You manage the inventory, manage the process, manage the, there's a thousand things that you can manage. But I'm just asking leaders all over the world, flip the switch when it comes to people and let's influence people. Let's connect. Let's make amazing contributors out of the employee base, out of the constituents, but let's manage the other parts of the business. So that's... Uh... That sounds really good. <laughs> you ready to sign up? <laughs> That's right. What, but I look at my own experiences. I know people listening right now are thinking in terms of, okay, I get the concept, but if I think of people that I'm actually their leader or their manager or right. whatever it is, when I think of them, they need some managing. Okay, so how do I get out of that mindset? I mean, how do, how do, you, how do you break out of that? And, yeah. and how do you get people to where... Um, they don't need to be quote unquote managed. They they are eager to be led, and you know everything that goes into that. How do you actually take that step practically? Yeah. So uh, now we're throwing a third term in here. So we have management and leadership, but what you're talking about to me is more accountability. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I may have accountability conversations with people, but I'm still not going to have managing conversations with people. And now we're back to that man. Are we splitting hairs uh, piece? But as far as an accountability piece. Um, people will teach you the accountability that they need. Mm. So as a leader, I'm setting up the target. I'm setting up the big hairy goals, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna break those up into components so that I know that we have benchmarks along the way, KPIs, key performance indicators. We're having progress marks, right? So in the midst of that, I, I think that the the establishment of a of a major vision, mission, goal, whatever that is, and then the componentization of that into these benchmarks as we go along the way, then we have accountability sessions where essentially when the team commits to delivering, that we have points in time where and I don't like having conversations where I come and manage you. Mm -hmm. I simply love having weekly meetings, monthly meetings, quarterly meetings where based on the commitments that you gave, you come to us collectively and report out progress made. Commitments made, progress made. Wow. That's accountability instead of management, which is I am all into your business and your dailies. And that I think comes from something that we may talk about um, in a little bit different time, which is leaders that have been promoted prior to really being comfortable in their own skin, mm -hmm. comfortable in their own job. Back when my, we've talked about this before, but my days of being the best salesman and then what qualified me for getting promoted to being sales manager was I was the best salesperson. Yeah. Well, so what happened is I didn't know what to do to be a sales manager, but I knew what to do to be an amazing salesperson. 
So then I started overcorrecting and over-involving myself into the daily life or even every sales pitch, every leader, every salesperson made rather. And so what happened is I overplayed my hand in the coaching mm-hmm. of others and it felt managerial instead of maybe sitting back and observing them and them doing some lessons learned after they went through that instead of wrestling control, making them feel deficient and then stepping in and quote unquote showing them how it's done. I think that leaders need to be more equipping and empowering. Managers need to be more functional in the, the stepping of that. You know, something you said in there, and, and I won't say it exa- exactly the way you did, but people will let you know the level of, of accountability that they need. Absolutely. And I think in terms of, I think that's a great statement, and it is true, and looking at many leaders, okay, let me back up. If I'm a leader, then obviously one of my jobs is I need to figure out what level of accountability does you work best with. Absolutely. Right? So if, if a person has trouble delivering on a goal um, in their monthly meetings, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to say to support you the best, to mm-hmm. serve you the best, um, let's have a meeting every Friday uh, and or can you send me progress reports every Friday and again, I'm not micromanaging, I'm right. not, but I'm tightening up my accountability mechanism mm-hmm. so that I'm supporting you the most. And so what you need internally is that boost. I can guarantee you, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably need, you have somebody on your staff if, if they work for you, or you have a coworker that needs a good swift kick and the police get it done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so that may feel very managerial. Well, from a leadership standpoint, all I'm saying is those people need accountability to be tightened up to a weekly or even daily basis instead of uh, giving them a month to get it done. Right. Well, and even thinking back, you know, you you brought up the mission is clear, the vision is clear from top down, right? And then as we compartmentalize that and and involve our people on, hey, how from your standpoint can, can we help make this happen? And then you mentioned commitments, which I love because to be honest, that's a word you really don't hear that much. Uh, in, in corporate cultures today, and, but yeah. it changes everything. The paradigm of a commitment versus a task or a project or yeah. is... Well, it means that I'm actually having a conversation with you. Yeah. And in that conversation, you agree that this is what the team needs to do. And here's my role and responsibility. And when we get clarity on the time frame, then, then when you say yes, all I do is I, I just ask you to own your yes. Mm-hmm. You know, you said yes, you agreed to it. Right. And I tell you, one of the scariest statistics in change management, Tanya, ready for a scary statistic? I'm ready. Um, 81% of the employee base will nod yes to the leader's face in the meeting when change is announced. Wow. 81% will nod yes. Say that again. Yeah. Yeah. 81% of the employee base will nod yes to a leader's face when change is announced. And then what? And then they'll do whatever the heck they want. <laughs> they're not. They're not agreeing with the change. They're acknowledging right. that they heard you talking, yeah. right? So. <laughs> exactly. That sounds like talking to your children's uh, I'm nodding so, my head right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, change management is only successful somewhere in the 26 percent. So if 81 percent are nodding yes and 26 percent succeed, we've got a gap. Right. And the gap is. You didn't either fully understand it, or I haven't given you sufficient time to buy into it, or I need to do things like create town halls. We need There's something that we need to do to actually get your buy-in before demanding you to change, 
And so I think that in that particular piece, then, then that takes, it's just on the leader to make sure that as that leader, you're that locomotive that's going to sit there and go charge. But what you need is the rest of the team hooked up. Mm -hmm. And so as a leader, it's my job to make sure that I do that. I think that's where you go back to the word influence itself as well, because if you look at that 26%, somehow they have influenced the people to act in the way that they want them to. They've taken out the fear. They have given the information in a way that's accepted, understood. And sometimes it just means that they've earned the trust enough yeah. from the past that they have earned the right to be led and the, and the rest of the information will come later. So yeah. part of that influence is preparing for what's coming next so that you earn the right as a leader for your team to follow you blind. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, this is talking about that bank account. Um, there's going to be times where we need to make a withdrawal with my team. Yeah. Um, it's going to happen. I'm going to have to ask you to work late. We're going to hit something where, where I'm going to need some additional effort. And the best leaders know that you don't unlock the best by managing the most. Mm. That's a great statement. Well, it, there's so much to influence and its role in leadership. And I feel like we've actually just scratched the surface. I feel like sure. we're just now getting in, <laughs> into some key concepts, but actually we've covered a lot. Um, you know, talking about accountability and commitments, I think just even just using the, the, that wording, sure. I think changes so much uh, in your mind. And I think that's important. We've talked about the difference between management and leadership. And obviously, the difference between getting attention and, and influence, and the the small difference but important difference between manipulation and influence. Absolutely. Um, so we're wrapping up here. We're nearing the end of uh, of this episode, uh, but we started with what really is influence's role in leadership. Chris, did we cover what we needed to cover there. I think we um, hopefully, if we didn't cover it all, we at least. Um, placed enough intrigue in the listener's mind to come back and listen to another level, which is, um, again, um, we're being authentic. I'm letting you know that I'm giving you just enough information so you'll tune in again next time. <laughs> That's right. Yes. There you go. You know, and even as we were talking there, talking about change management, I could see that it, I'm jotting mental note. We ought to do an episode just on that because yeah. so many companies struggle with that. Yeah. Uh, you know what? That'd be a good idea is, is you know, folks that are listening to the, um, the, to the podcast, hey, if, if there's a topic you want us to address... Um, send us a note somehow and, and we'll jump in and, and maybe even answer some of their questions um, on that. Yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, so looking forward to that. Looking yeah. forward to our future episodes. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you, Chris. You bet. Uh, and thank you, Enjoy listener. It. Absolutely. Yes. So uh, we'll keep the hits coming. Make sure that you have subscribed to the podcast. Uh, make sure you have visited the website, influenceleadership.com. Uh, enroll there in uh, the newsletter and things that connect with us on social media and definitely as Chris said however you need to if you've got uh, thoughts on how you want to see this podcast shaped uh, let us know that too uh, leave us a review that's one of the best ways to do it and you can do that in iTunes so from the crew here thank you again for joining us for the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller thanks so much thanks again for joining us today on the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller we had a good time. We hope you did too. Most importantly, we hope you've got a few key takeaways that you can put into place right away, have a huge impact on your business, your family life, everything that goes into life. And we'd love to hear about that. You can connect with us at influenceleadership.com. 
All of our social media profiles are there, and so is our contact information. So we'd love to hear from you. Lots of great free downloadable resources as well. Uh, also some great information on Chris and everything that he is up to right now. So go there, influentleadership.com. We'd also love for you to leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, that certainly lets us know how we're doing, and it also lets other people know about the podcast, so we would definitely appreciate that. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller. Chris Fuller